When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis as the Bitcoin price action continues to pump. Also, I'll be sharing with you the Wyckoff model, which suggests a thirty-six dollars to $40,000 Bitcoin price coming next. Also, check this out. The Central Bank of Brazil authorized public institutions to operate and provide services with Bitcoin. This progressive move paves the way for increased adoption and integration of digital assets in the country's financial system. Brazil, let's go. And quoting Max Kaiser, yes, people can do it yourself with the El Salvador residency for less than a 100 bucks. It's super easy. Also in today's show, Binance CEO CZ deems the SEC's request for emergency relief as unwarranted. We'll also be discussing Balaji, the former Coinbase DTO, warns that Apple, Microsoft, or Google can help the government seize crypto from citizens. We'll also be discussing Top Trader issues a warning to the Bitcoin bears and says now is not the time to get overly cautious on BTC. We'll also be discussing Bloomberg Analyst outlines the theories on BlackRock's move to file a Bitcoin spot ETF. I'll be breaking down his outlook. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin can reach a million dollars in the next five years due to fiat currencies collapsing, according to Samson Mao. We'll also be discussing some hyper-Bitcoinization. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone just tuning in. This is pod episode number 1316. I'm your host, JV. And once again, happy Father's Day. Today is June 18th, 2023. Let's dive into today's market watch. As you can see, Bitcoin back in the green, up a half a percent for the day, trading above 26,600 and fast approaching 27,000. We have Ether up 0.85%, trading above $1,740, while XRP, BNB, Cardano, Solana are all in the green. And checking out coinmarketcap.com the crypto market cap fast approaching the $1.1 trillion market cap with only $18 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. And the Bitcoin dominance continues to soar on the climb at 48% with the Ether dominance pretty stable at 19.5%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, we got Shiba Inu leading the pack, pun intended, up 5%. Followed by Render Token up 4.5%, trading at $2.09. Followed by Zcash up 3%, trading at $26.35. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week. Sheeb up 5%, which is pretty modest. We got RNDR up about 5%. And a couple of the biggest losers are Quant down 5.5%. And Pepe down 5.2%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index. We're currently rated a 49 neutral. And we have been stuck in neutral for the past month. So there you have it. And welcome again, everyone, to just tuning in. How many of you recently took advantage of this dip? Let me know in the comments below. And now let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis and watch what's happening. 
in the market. Right now, Bitcoin stalls at 26.5. Last weekend was quite uneventful for the primary crypto, aside from the brief pump and dump at around 26,000. And as such, the asset entered the working week in a calm manner, which continued for a few more days. The US CPI numbers from Wednesday didn't really change that as Bitcoin remained in a tight range at just over 26,000. The Fed's decision to pause its interest rate hiking policy also didn't affect the Bitcoin price. Well, only really at first. The asset dumped hard a few hours after the Fed's announcement and plummeted to three-month lows of under 25000 on Friday. But as the market shed billions of dollars in days in fear of return, the bulls finally intervened and didn't allow any further decline, perhaps fueled by BlackRock's filing for the spot Bitcoin ETF. The crypto bounced off of a grand at first before it skyrocketed to 26800 on Saturday morning. And it has lost some traction since then, but still trades actually at around 26,700 at the time of this live stream with the market cap standing at 515 billion and its dominance continuing to climb and as mustache points out crypto analysts bitcoin and the wyckoff method most aren't ready for what's coming the wyckoff model which i had already shared at the bottom level of bitcoin back in december of 2022 is still on track and he goes on to share as outlined in this chart 36,000 to $40,000 per Bitcoin next. Patience. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the analysts and let's blow up the chart. As you can see here, I hope Bitcoin continues to climb. I personally feel once we can get back above that $30,000 huddle, a hurdle is going to be onwards and upwards for the King Crypto. And quoting Volcano Energy, good news coming out of Brazil. The Central Bank of Brazil authorized public institutions to operate and provide services with Bitcoin. This progressive move paves the way for increased adoption and integration of digital assets in the country's financial system. A reminder why this is such a big deal. The population of Brazil is whopping. So let's go Latin America. And quoting Max Kaiser, for those of you thinking about getting your residency and El Salvador. He says, yeah, people can do it yourself. El Salvador residency for less than a hundred bucks. It's super easy. And Stacy in this thread outlines who to contact. So for those of you who are interested, be sure to reach out. And now uh, let's break down our next story of the day and welcome again to everyone just tuning in to today's live stream. Now let's discuss the latest saga between the SEC and Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange, shall we? And I love to see the very active live chat. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there as well, and especially to Satoshi, the father of Bitcoin. Now the Binance CEO CZ expressed his happiness and relief as a prolonged dispute with the US SEC was successfully resolved. The SEC's ongoing scrutiny created a tense and uncertain period for the company, making the resolution a welcome development. As the regulatory uncertainty began to fade, CZ can now concentrate on the Binance future. In a tweet, the veteran crypto entrepreneur emphasized that the SEC's emergency relief request was unnecessary, affirming that the mutually agreed resolution would enable Bitcoin to progress unhindered. And in a noteworthy turn of events, we had Judge Amy Berman Jackson of the U.S. District Court of the District of Columbia gave her approval to the proposed stipulation and consent order that was reached between Binance, Binance U.S. and the SEC on Saturday, June 18th, quoting CZ here. Although we maintain that the SEC's request for emergency relief was entirely unwarranted, we are pleased that the disagreement over this request was resolved on mutually acceptable terms. And he goes on to share, user funds have been and always will be safe and secure on all Binance affiliated and continue the tweet here on uh, Twitter. Uh, 
on Binance affiliated uh, platforms. And as per the consent order, Binance is obligated to repatriate all fiat currency and crypto assets associated with Binance US by the date specified in the court ruling. And additionally, the agreement imposes restrictions on the Binance global officials, disallowing them for access to private keys of the wallets, including cold and hot wallets. And in spite of the challenges and regulatory hurdles faced by Binance in the recent times, CZ emphasized the company's unwavering dedication to ongoing operations while expressing content regarding the resolution of the SEC issue. The CEO of Binance underlined the assurance that users' funds have remained and will continue to remain safe across all the Binance-associated services. And during this time, Binance prioritized the safety and security of user funds, implementing strong security measures across all associated platforms. And moreover, Binance indicated that the BNB smart chain is currently exploring the possibility of developing and launching a layer two blockchain scaling solution. So there you have it. Just another reminder, if you currently have any crypto on any of the exchanges, no matter if it's just Binance US or Coinbase, etc., remove it, not your keys, not your coins, especially with the ongoing scrutiny from regulators and operation crypto checkpoint in full effect. How do you think this is likely to play out for ZZ and Binance? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below. And now for a pretty severe warning that the government could seize your crypto, according to Balaji, the former CTO, Chief Technology Officer of Coinbase. That's right. In a new interview on the Impact Theory podcast, Balaji says that if G7 nations decide that digital asset seizure is allowed, then tech giants such as Apple, Microsoft, and Google can lend them a hand. That's right. According to Balaji, the vocal Bitcoin bull, countries may decide to seize digital assets in the future in an attempt to recover from economic turmoil, kind of like the Gold Seizure Act of 1933, right? Only for crypto. He says tech giants can easily scan in our devices to find and hand over private keys to authorities if they were ever ordered to do so, quitting him here. G7 countries are going to have a real problem, and they're going to be harder for money than a lot of the world hinges on. Whether or not the G7 countries in China can seize digital assets, if they can, that's like one branch point in history. It means that you have total status CBDCs and so on and so forth. If they cannot seize your assets, then you have a different branch point in history where it means that communities can now basically have digital gold or cryptocurrency and crowdfund bits of territory where they can have their own startup societies and eventually what I call network states. And he continues, and then you could go back to the future of something more like the 1800s where you can get a plot out of the land and you can build a town or something like that, or even the Alaska Purchase, Louisiana Purchase, things of that nature. The real branch point is fundamentally will assist seizure be possibly in the digital world. Now, He elaborates on why he believes big tech firms may help the government seize digital assets. Listen carefully. The biggest risk factor for this is actually Apple, Google, and Microsoft because they have operating system access. They That's actually what I am most concerned about is the fact that Apple has software updates and Google can go into your Google Drive and Microsoft and Windows. And if ordered by the state in theory, they can scan your hard drive for private keys and then pull in your digital assets. So there you have it. Don't be stupid enough to keep your private keys on your computer 
computer first and foremost. And to watch this video he did entitled Emergency Episode, Why This Financial Crisis is Worse and the Collapse Has Begun, check the show notes below the video in the description. Now, Balaji, he is also the one who made that very bold prediction earlier in the year. The Bitcoin would hit $1 million per coin within 90 days. Obviously, that prediction did not come into fruition, but he later on admitted he did that to create more awareness around the chaos of the banking system and the corruption at hand. So there you have it. You have been warned. And now for a warning for the Bitcoin bears out there expecting or anticipating new lows. I have this to share. Then we'll share the latest updates regarding the BlackRock ETF, followed by Samson Mao's $1 million Bitcoin price prediction and hyper Bitcoinization, followed by some live Q&A. Let's get it. So here we go. Top trader who called the May 2021 collapse of the crypto market says that now is not the moment to be excessively risk adverse on the King Crypto. Synonymous trader and analyst Dave the Wave tells his 140,000 Twitter followers that to be cautious right now when the prices are low is more of a play on sentiment rather than an informed decision based upon the charts. Quitting him here. Reminder, best to be cautious at the top and less so at the bottom. To be too cautious at the bottom would be counterproductive and you'd think counterintuitive. An overcautious narrative would just be a play on sentiment, just as overoptimistic narrative was at the top. This is where the contrarianism makes some more sense, which runs counter to sentiment and the mass of a large following. Ask yourself this, are those that are overcautious now that you're listening to overoptimistic of the top? And he makes a great point. And he also shares that Ethereum's chart implying that the leading smart contract protocol is within the later stages of an ascending triangle, a generally bullish pattern that suggests a potential trend reversal if the price takes out the pattern's horizontal resistance at around 2,300 as outlined right here in this chart. Now, last month, the analyst said that the strong support levels were sitting between 26 and 22,000 for the King Crypto. And according to Dave the Wave, Bitcoin is still respecting these support levels despite the recent market downturn. As he shares here, the Bitcoin price meeting support at one and two thus far. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the crypto analyst that now is not the time to be bearish, especially on the King Crypto. I agree with that 100%, especially considering Bitcoin has more upside potential than downside. We're at a drastic discount considering back in November of 2021, the Bitcoin price was like roughly 69,000. And today you can stack stats on the low at 26,600. So I got to say is BTFD and DCA, you know the name of the game. With that being shared now for the latest, uh, everyone's talking about right now, which is the BlackRock, uh, BlackRock spot ETF for the King Crypto, which is, uh, act as a catalyst to send a Bitcoin price soaring here this week, uh, overcoming the adversity from the previous week with the Coinbase and Binance uh, lawsuits versus the SEC. So yeah, on Thursday, BlackRock filed a request with the SEC for the iShares Bitcoin Trust. The investment vehicle is designed to track the underlying market price of the King Crypto, and it aims to give investors exposure to the leading crypto asset without directly buying it. Now, in the new interview, Luke Martin, Bloomberg senior ETF analyst Eric Balchunas, said that the SEC could be favoring institutions like BlackRock 
uh, duh, to be a key player in the digital asset space rather than crypto exchanges. Quoting them here, there is more speculation that the SEC actually wants to push, wants to create winners and losers in this sort of show that the future is more BlackRock than Binance or crypto exchanges and have BlackRock maybe even drive some of this moving of crypto from the locals to more mainstream companies that have law ears all over that follow all of the rules. It matches up with the SEC's recent moves towards some of these exchanges and sort of regulating because there is no real framework yet. There is just more targeting of the problems they see. Now, Balchuna says that BlackRock's move may also be an anticipation of an upcoming resolution of the legal dispute between Grayscale and the SEC, which arose after the regulator denied the digital asset manager's application to convert its Bitcoin trust into an ETF. Quoting him here, the other theory is whether BlackRock knows that the SEC might lose the Grayscale case and they are going to front run that or be ready when the case gets lost. And then all of a sudden that opens the door to Bitcoin ETFs. That's the one I'm a little less keen on. And according to Balchunas, BlackRock has an excellent track record of getting ETFs approved. Listen to this. Fun fact. BlackRock's record of getting ETFs approved by the SEC is 575 to 1. That's another reason this is so big. They don't play around. And let's touch upon that for a second. That means out of 575 applications, the SEC told them yes, 500 74 times. So a factor of 575 to 1 gives you the odds of the likelihood of this spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States finally being approved by the regulators. Very interesting to say the least. Now a spot Bitcoin ETF alone, in my humble opinion, can send a Bitcoin price parabolic rocking and soaring above a hundred thousand dollars infinity and beyond let me know if you agree or disagree in the comments below and the reason i believe that is there's currently trillions upon trillions of dollars sitting in the sidelines just waiting to be moved into bitcoin so this is like the logic behind it as they need regulation they need clarity some of these big institutions to adopt to king crypto so game theory continues in full effect now let's break down the latest from samson mao along with his one million dollar bitcoin price prediction and hyper-Bitcoinization, and then we'll dive into some live Q&A. And welcome to everyone in the live chat. And to watch the video with uh, you know the BlackRock experts from Bloomberg and the analysts, check the show notes below the video in the description. I'll be sure to include it. So yeah, now let's discuss this. Despite the ongoing bear market, we have CEO and Bitcoin proponent Samson Mao, CEO of Jan3. He believes that Bitcoin can reach a million dollars within the next five to 10 years. The collapse of major fiat currencies will be a major catalyst, he said, and it can happen very rapidly. And as most people are not anticipating it, it just sort of happens overnight. And then you're shoveling cash into a wheelbarrow. Now, he was also recently interviewed uh, on the panel at Bitcoin Miami conference. How many of you were there? Let me know. I'm going to be reading out some of the very interesting uh, questions they asked him as well as some of his responses. So let's start right down here. How do you foresee the transition to Bitcoin-only economies and what challenges do you participate? Samson Mao responded, while Balaji's prediction of a million dollars per Bitcoin in three months may not be accurate, there will eventually be a rapid surge leading to the collapse of fiat currencies. 
game theory suggests that countries with their own currency will resort to printing it to acquire Bitcoin when it becomes a national strategic issue. That's right. The shift to Bitcoin-only economies will not happen overnight. It will occur gradually, and then suddenly we expect a domino effect with countries eventually realizing the strategic importance of Bitcoin and printing their own currency to acquire it. The moment this shift occurs, it will happen swiftly. The current U.S. regulations aimed at protecting the dollar are frustrating, and in the short term, we hope to see improvements in both U.S. regulation and the regulatory environment. Another question, can the U.S. overregulation ever mean the end of Bitcoin? In which he responded, things will change, but right now it's not very great. It's important to make the distinction that while it's not necessarily bad for Bitcoin, it's bad for Americans. Just like when China cracked down on the exchanges and later on mining, who is harmed at the end of the day? It's people trying to do something like run a business in a company. So a US regulation won't be the end of the world for Bitcoin. And while it won't be great if they do crack down in America, Bitcoin will simply continue on because you can't really stop Bitcoin. I think he makes a great point there, and he gives an example. For example, 20% of the hash rate is still in China, and people still trade peer-to-peer there. It just changes form. So ultimately, Bitcoin is simply information, and you can't really stop that. And I think this is why we work that we're doing at Jan3 is critical, because someone has to engage at that level and share information to make the connections. And when asked, which world regions are you focusing on to supercharge Bitcoin adoption? Samson responded, while Bitcoin adoption is gaining traction globally, our primary focus is on Latin America, which we see as the most likely geopolitical hotbed for Bitcoin adoption. The region shows great potential due to El Salvador's Bitcoin law, which anchors Bitcoin as a foreign currency and enables a lot of new use cases. Take a look at the nearby countries. For example, in Guatemala, they have a law called the Divasas currency law, which recognizes any foreign currency to be used as money in Guatemala. This means it doesn't require Bitcoin legal tender. The next president or regulator can simply say, Bitcoin is a foreign currency, so it is a very simple thing to do. The same goes for Panama. They were founded on the premise that you can use whatever money that you want. Find a new president that says we are a Bitcoin country and boom, you're done. So those to me are the lowest hanging fruits. But you also see a massive need for Bitcoin adoption throughout Latin America and countries with double digit inflation like Argentina, Venezuela. So there are many simply needed for Bitcoin. So that's where our efforts are. We want to engage at the government level and grow the grassroots. And we're also building a new Bitcoin wallet that supports Bitcoin and stable coins natively. So you can give them free access to these two things. And we'll do one more question here. What role do stablecoins play in Bitcoin adoption, particularly of Latin America? And he wrote uh, or said, stablecoins serve as the uh, beachhead for Bitcoin adoption as people are already seeking dollar-denominated value and gravitating towards that. There is a lot of new use cases in Latin America for stablecoins. Unfortunately, those current stablecoins are predominantly built on other ish coin chains like Ethereum and Tron. Our focus is on building our own Tether version on Liquid, a Bitcoin sidechain, which we hope will bring the governments in through their need for dollars and hook them on Tether, a juggernaut that provides financial freedom and access around the world. And by fulfilling this demand, Man through stable coins and Bitcoin, we want to involve them in the financial system. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding Samson Mao's $1 million Bitcoin price prediction and hyper Bitcoinization and collapse of fiat currencies around the world? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.